Well, hello there, HW here, and thank you so much for listening to episode 23 of the Tone Junkie podcast. Uh, first segment in the episode, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I think Starbucks has ruined coffee. You might be saying, HW, come on, I already know that. Or you might be going, HW, don't be dramatic right now, okay? Starbucks coffee is not bad, it's pretty good. Can we just chill out, please? Uh, no need to uh, no need to attention grab at the top of the top of the HW uh, top of the Tone Junkie podcast here. No, but I actually have a different reason. It's not the coffee. I actually like Starbucks products uh, a good deal. Um, I actually really like Starbucks. There's one across the street from my office in uh, in downtown Franklin, Tennessee, greatest city in the world. Maybe not, but it's where I live. And um, you know, obviously there were Starbucks back in San Francisco when I grew up. There's Starbucks everywhere I go. Um, and the Starbucks has this, it's like the coffee version of McDonald's. Now, I don't mean that to be a negative, like in terms of um, the quality saying like, because, you know, fast food has a stigma, right? People say, I don't like McDonald's, not a quality burger. Starbucks is better quality coffee than McDonald's is burgers, like objectively. There's there's no scale except the McDonald's yummy scale or something where you could say a McDonald's hamburger rates high compared to all hamburgers uh, uh, in a way that makes sense uh, objectively. I, I, at least to me. I, and now I'm saying objectively and then to me, which of course would mean subjectively. Uh, I digress. Starbucks doesn't have bad products at all. And I'm not a coffee snob. In fact... Um, I really don't drink much coffee. I drink uh, chai lattes and uh, I drink coffee black. And then a car- a par- uh, occasionally I drink um, uh, I drink iced coffee actually too. I forgot about that. But here's why Starbucks has ruined – or here's what's ruining scar- Starbucks. Maybe that's what I'll say here. Here's what's ruining Starbucks. It's this mobile ordering nonsense. You're probably thinking, HW, come on, you're not on the app? You don't mobile order from the Starbucks? No, I don't mobile order. Um, I don't. And here's why I don't mobile order. I don't mobile order because we have this awesome office across the street from Starbucks, right on Main Street, downtown Franklin. If you ever visit Nashville, people will tell you what's there to do. They'll tell you, go here, go there, and they'll say, you should go see Franklin. When you go to Franklin, you'll go to downtown Franklin. There this, there's this row of lovely, beautiful shops. It has been called America's Most Beautiful uh uh, small town Main Street. Um, it's been called, uh, you know, a piece of antebellum. It's beautiful here, okay? And we got this great little uh, 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 corner, literally, like a corner office uh, space, um, second story downtown here. Across the street is a historic building with a Starbucks on the corner. Uh, in the historic building, we are next to a historic church that was a hospital in the Civil War. That was one of the first churches established here in this part of the country. It's beautiful. Our office both overlooks this little church courtyard, which is like a small garden, and straight out to the street. So, what am I upset about? These seem like uh, trivial. What what could be the problem? HW, you're talking about how great the office is. The office is amazing. Here's the problem. I love being across the street from the Starbucks, and I go walk over there now, and they have completely destroyed at this little Starbucks the feeling of like this this little quaint coffee 
experience where I go in and know the people who make my chai latte. I see them. There's a girl named Trula. I happen to know she's a local artist in town. We know some of the same people. There's this other, uh, uh, there's these guys. I don't know anyone else's name. Nobody else, everyone else has forgettable names, but I know their face. They say hi. Many of them know my name because I go in there regularly. And Bada bing, bada boom, all of a sudden I start noticing that I could be, maybe there's three people in line when I go in. I wait in line, I order my drink, and when I get to the end, I, they're throwing out drinks saying names of people, and I'm, and no one's taking the drinks, and they have these little stupid stickers on them, and they're like, this for Bob, this for Frank, this for Bob, this for Frank, and ten drinks come out in front of mine, and I'm going, there's nobody in here. There's, there's not 10 people in here, including the employees. And these drinks are just popping out. And then you get these people literally just like running in. They just like look, they just like step in front of you, look around on their little, uh, on the little counter and like grab their stuff and go. And there's no interaction and there's no sense of community and there's nothing. It's a, it's like a, this is what Starbucks has created. They have created the monster child of convenience and a drive-through window. But here's the problem. I don't have a problem with this. I actually use the drive-through Starbucks near my house occasionally. I don't have a problem with mobile ordering, but here's the problem. I have been enjoying now I want to say this. I've been to other Starbucks and it's not as big a problem at all stores. Some stores and I'd love to see Starbucks data on this because some stores I notice it's got to be less than half the people coming in and getting drinks are using mobile ordering. I mean, it's small, 20, 25%. Not significant, but my point is you go in there, if there's five people in there in line ahead of you, 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 you're all doing the same thing. You're ordering, then you're moving over to the end, and then you get your drink. And maybe a couple people walk in and get their drink first. This Starbucks over here, I'm telling you, my beautiful little Starbucks in the historic white building. This building, guys, is made of this beautiful white tile. Um, it was made in 1922. It's got this beautiful art deco exterior. It's like this white tile and then this like sort of greenish, coppered green um, accents on it. Uh, it matches beautifully the Starbucks, you know, kind of logo. Next to it is like a store, uh, like a clothing store, a boutique. There's some offices upstairs. They, during Christmas, you can Google, Google Franklin, Tennessee, Noel, the word Noel, N-O-E-L. There's these beautiful light up letters that go on top of the building that I can see right now because I'm on a second story across the street and I can see their permanent fixtures, but they stand them up and it says Noel uh, during Christmas time. They stand these giant letters on top of the building. This is a beautiful place. I'm right at historic five points. Google Noel, Franklin, Tennessee. Google downtown Franklin, Google Main Street. This is where HW is working. And they have, they have taken this beautiful thing. I used to say that historically this thing called Five Points is, is an intersection of all five streets uh, that, that, that kind of started this city down here, Franklin. Uh, today there's other thoroughfares that have been built in that are major thoroughfares. But it used to be that all the five thoroughfares that went to cities south of here, north to Nashville, east and west of here, there are five – they're basically uh, one, two, three. And they're kind of like three or four of them. They all come to Five Points. It's the it's the it was the center of the city. It's still the the center of historic downtown Franklin. Now much of the development has happened east of here, and so it's no longer literally in the middle of the city, but it's in the middle of what the the city used to be. It's lovely. 
It's lovely. There's a reason I left San Francisco and I chose this place because it's so lovely. Um, you know, it's so lovely. Let me just tell you what I'm seeing happen in front of me. I'm seeing a guy get out of his Land Rover so he can run into the Starbucks so his wife doesn't have to park. He gets out. He kind of holds up traffic for a minute. You think anybody honks? No. Everybody knows. You're just going about your life. It's lo- it's, it's quaint. Um, uh, you know, um, anyway. This Starbucks, I used to say that the, that the universe that is Franklin, Tennessee passes through this Starbucks in a day that you could sit here and you watch the whole city go by because so many people are stopping, running in, leaving, staying there, sitting there. There's so many musicians. I run into people all the time. I could name drop a million famous musicians that I've seen in this Starbucks or just down here in downtown Franklin, all, all of them, a bunch of Christian artists, country artists. I love going into this Starbucks and I love that I work across the street. I'm literally standing at a window. I could, we could, I believe there are seven windows in this office. We have this corner space. There are seven windows here. One is in my office. One is in the main office area. The others three are in this break room. I, maybe there's two windows of the seven that you cannot have a clear vantage of this Starbucks, of this Starbucks. It has been ruined by what has been the construction of basically a drive-through line in the middle of the Starbucks. And there's now no more parking in the back of the Starbucks because everyone's just parking for 10 minutes and moving. It's just totally turning around. You know, it's, it, you would think that's turning the parking spaces on over more, but I, I think it's actually bringing more traffic to these small little parking lot behind the Starbucks. Now, listen, I'm not complaining. I came from a, a city and a state with many more people than are here right now. This is not congested or crowded. Um, it's a little crowded, but not really, not by any real standard. But when I go in, I like to hear and see the people and you get the mood of the Starbucks that day, you know, that you were watching the baristas interact with each other. There's people sitting down and talking and going is an experience. And Starbucks knows this. They've designed the places to be relaxed. I have at times not even wanted coffee, but I've had time to kill. I'm out. I've got a meeting or something starting in 20 or 30 minutes. It's not enough time for me to go home. Not enough time for me to go back to an office. Not enough time for me to do anything. I'll stop, go into a Starbucks, sit down for 15, 20 minutes. Sometimes I, I always order something, but one time I, or I didn't order something a couple weeks ago. I didn't, I was like, I, I literally just had Starbucks about two hours ago. I don't want anything. I just sat there and worked on my laptop, you know, just to not be in the car. And, um, you know, thanks to that new Starbucks policy that you can actually just go in and sit at a Starbucks and not even buy anything. Uh, which happened because of some uh, somebody called the police on an African American uh, person, and Starbucks changed their whole their whole thing. They're like, you can you can hang out here. We won't call the police. I guess this person hadn't ordered anything, and Starbucks called the police, and they got they got some heat for it. So l- listen, I, this is what I'm saying. You go in, and it's an experience. And I went, and I say hi to the people, and they know me, and I see other people, and I do this thing. I open my I get my Starbucks, and I walk over, and I don't know if you know this, but HW really doesn't. Uh, <coughs> Excuse me here. HW really doesn't watch the news. I think the news is overly negative. I don't watch any network news. I'm very selective about what I read. I usually go on Reddit, read some things on the front page there, see what's happening, what are the major stories. Uh, or 
I kind of do that, but usually if I go on Reddit, I get distracted and I end up in like our sailing or, uh, you know, our cats with mustaches, that kind of thing. So my intake of news is literally this. I walk up, I order my Starbucks, I walk to the end where you get your drink, the end of the counter, and there is a newsstand there. And I will read the headline and the first third of whatever story made the front page. There's usually three of them or four of them on the front page, and I will read what's going on. Trump did this. North Korea did this. Facebook's done this. Somebody did this. Bad, 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 bad. Negative, negative, negative. There's a big storm coming. It's all terrible negative news. Nobody ever does anything good in the newspaper. You'd think the whole world is getting worse. It's actually not. I should do an episode on why the world is the best world we've ever had, ever, ever. And how all the people who are like, I can't believe it, Jesus must be coming soon because the world is getting worse. It's like, no, you're, you're wrong by every metric. We now live in a time in human history when more people are dying because of complications from too much food than are starving. We now are living in a time in history where as a percentage and as, and in a re, as a real number, more people have access to clean drinking water than anywhere. And it's looking like at the rate we're going, we actually, within a matter of decades, will eliminate the problem of people not having access to clean drinking water on this planet. Anybody heard of polio? Yeah, not in the Western world lately uh, because it's gone. So that means kids literally don't walk around and then start coughing and their legs stop working. That doesn't happen anymore. Want to know what real bad news is? The bubonic plague. Kill. A mat, listen, ha, a third of Europe died. Whatever car you're listening to this in, wherever you are, look around you. Find whoever is around you. Imagine a third of those people just died right there. That's the bubonic plague. Genghis Khan killed a 10% of the world during under his empire. Stalin, uh, it's estimated between 10 and 120 million people. Mao, we know it's at least 60 million people. Hitler, 6 million. We all know. Okay, listen. That stuff's not happening. Do you know that more people right now are dying, uh, more Americans die of suicide than in war? And actually, that number is true for m- most of the world. There's more suicide than, is, than deaths from from uh, war in most countries in this planet right now. There are a couple countries that are throwing that number way off because of ethnic cleansing, genocide, and they are, but, it, but all that to say, it's actually very small portions of the planet that are making up, uh, you know, uh, most of the violent deaths, war, and, and, and uh, ethnic cleansing, that, those types of uh, sort of systematic murderous destruction types of deaths. It's never been a better time to be alive. So whenever people get on these things, or whenever I go read the newspaper, it's it trumps about to start World War III. North Korea has all of a sudden, they don't even have any boats, but apparently they're going to destroy America. And uh, uh, somebody did this. Uh, Google right now. Google, this is amazing. This is what I love about America. Uh, it, it's bad no matter what side you're on, right? Google is facing both lawsuits for discriminating against women and discriminating against conservatives. So <laughs> just think about that for a minute. If you're on the right, 
Google is trying to oppress you by silencing your viewpoints and turn everyone into leftists. And if you're on the left, Google is oppressing minorities, uh, in this case women, uh, that being the minority you're talking about, um, by not allowing them to get ahead. So they're, they're, uh, apparently Google is some sort of chauvinist leftist company. Now, this is my point is, Oh, and by the way, you, you, you've never had more voices uh, uh, to go share that opinion. You've never been more connected with people. Uh, there's never been more access to information in front of you. Um, it, it, all of that is happening, right? All of that's happening. It, it's, it's never been a better time to be alive. And yet, I want to tell you something. I've never had a worse time at Starbucks than I did this morning. Because I literally this morning going to Starbucks and I, I'm going to get my chai lead latte. My wife said, you got to be out of here at 730 in the morning. We're cleaning the house. I got a lady coming to clean the house and because uh, I got some company coming. And she says, so get out of here. We're getting you and the kids out. Everybody's getting out. You're out of here by 715 because 730, we got a cleaning lady coming in. They're going to deep clean all the bathrooms and everything. We got guests coming. Okay. I'm out of there. I'm, I'm getting my latte and I'm going in. I, you guys, you know how at Waffle House you order like 10 things and it doesn't all fit on the table because Waffle House is such small tables and such giant portions? You guys, there must have been 25 things on the Starbucks little uh, area where they pass you your finished drink. And there's like five people in line and there's like 25 things and they're saying name after name and I'm watching the guy. Here's what really got when I was like, this isn't right. This isn't, this is wrong. We need to do something here. The guy was serving, you know how everything's in a to-go cup at Starbucks, unless you order one of those things like for here, they have these new, like all these new, like, I think they're going like a Starbucks 1971. They're trying to do this like high end coffee stuff, even higher end. And they're, and they're pushing out these, this, these cups that are open on top. And um, they're, it's just like a cafe cup, you know, like a like a coffee cup, like a like a something for a latte or or for a cappuccino or something. And they're pushing it out. They're running out of room to put them up. I saw a guy balancing a breakfast sandwich in between two cups. They were somebody had to stop what they were doing just to reorganize this little area. This little this this little you know it, it must be a two by three surface that they're handing this stuff out to you on and it's just filled it's littered with goods with with sous vide egg bites and iced coffee and mocha choca yaya frappuccino whatever's man wait till the, the pumpkin spice hits we're gonna run out of room my little starbucks is literally not gonna be able the baristas are gonna stop we're gonna have a barista malfunction the barista is going to say another name and they're not going to be able to put anything down and they're going to malfunction and they're just going to explode. The barista themselves is just going to explode because there's no coding in the system in the Starbucks training for what happens when you literally have so many drinks up there that people from mobile orders have bought and and then they're not able to they're not picking up fast enough and, and we're out of places to put drinks. You guys, I'm I'm standing there. For 10 minutes, there's five people in here. I'm going, look how many drinks they're churning out. And then people are just running in. Like, they're so important. They don't have time to order a coffee. If you order a coffee at Starbucks, it's one of the fastest things you get done. They just run in and they grab their little stuff and they go. And I'm sitting there looking at them like, what are you doing? 
Your breakfast sandwich is cold. Those sous vide egg, vi- egg bites have been sitting there for 12 minutes. You, it's, how is your coffee? And then one lady did this. She sipped her coffee and then commented, mm, it's really not that hot. And then the lady was like, do you want to have it remade? And she was like, no, no, it's fine. And they left. I almost said something. I almost thought, yeah, you know why it's hot? You know why it's not hot? Because you ordered it 25 minutes ago on your app, and then you didn't get here. You were like, I, I can't, there's no way I can walk in and order a coffee, or there's no way I can use the drive through Starbucks like a mile and a half away. I got to come downtown. I got to park. I got to order my Starbucks, and I, I can't wait a moment for it. How, and, then, and then this is it. It's like, well, I can't be bothered to wait for it, but I also can't be bothered to have it made hot for me so that I can enjoy it hot. So instead, I'm just going to order it and then sip it and at, see if I should have them remake it. Man, I, I don't have a solution other than Starbucks has basically built uh, a giant um, drive through window in the middle of the Starbucks that I once enjoyed. And now I've just got to wait through all these, these stupid little stickers that have everyone's name on the outside of it. Why does it have to have your name on the outside of it? Part of it, it's not even handwritten anymore. You know why it's not handwritten? Because it got printed on a stupid little sticker. Why not just automate the whole process? Why do I have a barista at all? Why are the baristas in there at all? Why don't we just get little robots and they can do it? Someone call Boston Dynamics and have them build, you know, those people with the robots that when you kick it, it doesn't fall over and those little dog robots that can open doors now. They're going to start selling them. I'm going to get one. Why don't we just get rid of baristas? Why don't we just fully automate the process? We, we don't even want to interact with people anymore. I know I must sound like a real pessimist or I'm real upset, but this is the thing. There are rituals. Coffee is a ritual. There's literally a brand of coffee called Ritual, which is genius. Because it's about the ritual. Do you think people who pour over coffee can actually taste the difference? Maybe, or maybe they're just lying to themselves. Maybe what they really like is pouring the coffee, pouring the water over the grounds and going through the process. It's part of the ritual of waking up. It's part of the ritual of what you do to start your day. I go across the street. I get a chai tea latte. I always forget what it's called. I stumble for a moment when they ask me what I want because I just want a medium. But what is it called? Oh, yeah, it's called grande. What do I want? I don't know that thing that's kind of sweet and it's a little fr- – uh, the ch- uh, ch- uh, what is uh, lot- the chai-, chai tea latte grande. I always stumble over it. I always – they always say, okay. Half the time they say – uh, Jonathan, right? Yes. Or they say Jonathan, right? And I say, no, it's HW. No. And then they say, um, or they say, uh, name again? Sorry. Oh, that's right. That's what it was. Or they say, hey, how are you today? Sometimes they even guess my order. Anything to eat today? Because sometimes I get sous vide egg bites. But no. No. Some people don't want the pleasant interaction that is knowing your barista, that is being literally part of the community and they don't want that. They want a printed sticker on the outside of their low-fat turkey bacon sandwich, um, and and then they want to sip their coffee and for a moment say, should I have them remake it? Should I have this, this humanoid servant in a green apron 
whom I cannot even be bothered to stand in the same room with for more than a couple moments while they prepare my breakfast, my coffee. I can't, should I, should I uh, go back into my mobile order and leave a negative review and just put it was a little cold? Should Starbucks invent something better than uh, the to-go cup with the little green thing that keeps it hot? Or maybe I should just start ordering it extra hot because it always cools off. I don't know. Is this a thought of these people? I don't know. I'm sitting here listening to myself going, do I sound nuts? What am I upset at? I'm a big fan of technology. I love everything. I, 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 I fear that right now, I'll tell you one fear HW has a lot, and I'll just tell you is I fear that I've missed a real opportunity where I really do feel like um, as we develop technology that will um, index better uh, with, our, with our minds, that, that we will see some sort of immortality. I mean, think about it. If you, can, if you can map the data in a person's mind, in their memories, uh, if you can map all their experiences, if you can map what they would do by watching them, by intaking their interactions, you could simulate those interactions further and everyone could continue to exist in some sort of a, um, in some sort of a digital form. I mean, think about it. How many times does your dad talk to you and, or your mother or whoever, and they tell you the same stories you've always heard? Some story from their life that has some moral lesson that they want to impart to you. They tell you the same stuff, and then they, they seem to not remember that they've told you this. I mean, really, if you think about it, in 50 years when your parents are dead and you're about to be dead too, you could like just go talk to this computer simulation that knows your parents' voice. You could talk to them. They literally could give you that same advice because a computer will go, look, dad's really only said about a dozen things for the last this many years. He's really only told about 20 stories. He laughs like this. He finds these things funny. He would respond like this. It's, it's very, it's in, it's, we're within striking distance of this being technology that's consumer ready in 15, 20 years. And I fear actually that once that's happened, there is a, there is a digital version of HW that lives forever. And I, in the course of human history, I'm worried that I'm, we're going to miss it by a small amount, by a hundred years, by 10 years, by 50 years. I don't know. But we'll look back on all of human history, whether you think the universe is billions of years old, millions of years old, or 6,000 years old. It's a relatively small portion of history that we're going to miss this by. Imagine this, imagine AI copying my voice and being able to do this podcast, uh, uh, you know, just, just, on, on command. Uh, I, I think today I'll talk about coffee and that it might have ranted all about this. It would know the cadence with which I speak. It would know the rhythm. It would know all that. It would know everything. And hopefully, I pray to heaven that it would have some solution for the abomination that has become Starbucks mobile ordering because this has to stop. Now, I previously complained to my local Starbucks when they had done this whole new flat white thing. And they had put up these giant yellow letters. And I thought, what is this, a Carl's Jr. now? Like, the, the try the new Western bacon cheeseburger. Like, what? This is, this is Starbucks. Get, get these stupid things out of my way. I know what I want. Who's trying a new drink at Starbucks? I don't know. I, I, coffee. It's coffee and milk. That's what we serve. They're the... They're, I mean, Taco Bell has it. Well, okay, I'm going to say they're not Taco Bell. 
Starbucks just needs to keep serving the same thing. I, I understand they want to roll in new things. That's fine. I, I like new food items. I occasionally will try a pumpkin spice here or there. I actually really like the pumpkin spice stuff. I guess that's my that's my inner millennial woman coming out. Uh, um, you know, I, I have a soft spot for pumpkin spice. If that, if that takes away from my masculinity, well, there it is. H.W. is a man of the people, and he's a man of the pumpkin spice. And uh, I enjoy it seasonally. But I really fear for what happens when, um, when pumpkin spice hits. Because we're, we're coming up on it. We may be at the tipping point. We may have crossed the Rubicon. This new mobile ordering thing plus the start, this could be HW's worst coffee experience coming up real shortly here. Here's my suggestion, because I know that the CEO of Starbucks listens to this podcast. That's a lie. I don't know that, but I'm pretty sure. That's a lie. I'm not sure. I'm fairly certain he does not. What's his name? I don't know. It doesn't matter. I don't want to know his name. I just want my coffee and my brilliant Starbucks experience that I've enjoyed since I was a small child. I've talked about Phil's coffee on the podcast before and what made it nice. I talked about Phil's coffee and how the I one time had Phil's coffee, and this is when I understood coffee. This is when I got it. This is when I got this is what it is. This is what people are paying for. This is what this is what it is. I noticed the barista at Phil's. It was one of my first coffees that I ever ordered by myself. It was a young man. I ordered this coffee and I noticed him look up at me as I sipped it. We made eye contact as I sipped it because he was conscientious enough to watch people take their first sip because it told him something. It told him what he needed to know. He didn't need any corporate reviews. He didn't need any feedback. He didn't need any quality testing. He didn't need any retraining and brush-up training and whatever training. He didn't need any of that. He needed to see you take the first sip. And that told him everything he needed to know. And when I took the first sip, I don't know if it was something in my expression or if it was nothing in my expression, but he said, how is it? While he made another drink, he didn't ignore me. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't pretend that, uh, you know, he's some sort of a, a, a master chemist and that his work as a barista was so complicated, mixing coffee and milk together in different variations and uh, through one quarter of the year having to mix in pumpkin spice. He didn't pretend that that was more important than the human interaction that comes from walking in, being greeted by a person, asked how can they help you, creating something that is delicious, energizing, and dare I say coffee in some way, something like this this spiritual ritual, this spiritual experience of us drinking coffee every morning, this daily thing that in society we all do, we all relate to, we all do together. What's wrong with them? They haven't had their coffee? Oh, that poor person. It's a thing that can take someone who's being absolutely terrible and should be arrested and they say, I haven't had my coffee and we immediately go from judgment to empathy with them. It's one of the few things that we all relate to. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter the uh, the... It doesn't even matter the character of your content. We all relate on coffee. This is good coffee. It's bad coffee. I need coffee. Have you heard of coffee? Coffee, coffee, coffee. Did I say character of their content? I meant con- 
<laughs> See, maybe I haven't had enough coffee. He looked at me and he asked that and he saw it because he saw, I don't know what it was he saw, but he asked it and I said, it's good coffee. And he said, that's not a cup of coffee. It's a cup of love, brother. Listen, it's a cup of love, brother. That, that is all of it. It's a cup of love. He told me in that how seriously he took what he was doing. He told me how seriously he took what he was doing. He told me that it was important and he, and, and he used a term of endearment with me. He taught me. He related to me. I wept at when he said that and we later hugged. No, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> I didn't. But the point is, I knew at that moment, in that whole interaction, that it wasn't the coffee. It was the connection. It was that he made something that I would enjoy and he put effort into it. And that's what it was. It wasn't $5 worth of caffeine. I appreciate that about Starbucks. They do a good job of making you feel welcome. I never feel like the people there, they say your name and they look at you. And when they don't, I notice it. And I think that person must be having a bad day. That person must be busy. They have things on their mind. I get it. I'm never upset at them. I'm upset at this other place near my house. But anyway, they do these things that make you feel welcome at a Starbucks. The environment feels welcoming. It makes me feel like I can come in and with my $5 cup of coffee, I have a free pass to stay there, to work there. I see people just working there. They're welcomed there. Get this stupid mobile ordering line away from me. I don't want any part of it. I do sometimes want a part of it, but I don't want the action of the mobile ordering and all these drinks artificially inserted in the queue in front of me. It makes me feel like a lemming. It makes me feel like I'm behind the line and that I should do mobile ordering. And so by doing mobile ordering, I then, because I don't want to be behind in the line, I'm going to get my drink faster. But then I also am robbed of this entire experience that I'm describing. I want to go in and see them and say hello. That's why I have an office down here. I want to be in this place. I want to be here. This is one of the most desirable locations in our city to work or have an office or do something. They're building all around. It's historic. There's not a ton of space. I want to be here, but it's not right. It's not right the way it is. So here's what Starbucks needs to do. I'm okay with the mobile ordering. Obviously, I'm a big fan of of ease of use. And if I'm in a hurry, I might order. It also gives me the ability to not send someone who's going to order 15 drinks and get them wrong and bring them back to the office. You can do it all mobile. You can get it right. And then someone can go pick it up and come back. It saves time that way. It's productive. I get it. So here's what I'm saying. Starbucks, is there a way you can put an, like another location for the mobile ordering? Can you have a separate mobile order pickup that I don't have to be a part of? I know why you can't do that because then you can't roll out this mobile ordering thing to all the Starbucks across the country, which there are a great number. But my gosh, at some of these locations, it must be 80% mobile ordering across the street. They ruined Starbucks. They ruined it. Right now I'm deciding what to do for lunch. Where am I going to go? 
not going to Starbucks. Will I go back tomorrow? I will. And I'll experience it. I'll see if I'm overreacting. But I won't be. No, no, I'll go in there. There'll be five people. And it just, it just, it creates this whole plugged up line on the, uh, at the end of the counter. Just all these people standing around looking at each other. Going like, are you Dylan? Are you Dylan? Who, are you Dylan? And you're not hearing it? Because... Because no one's because he said Dylan about five times and Dylan's unlike th- that drink has been there forever. Who's that? And then here comes somebody. Walk in the front door and you see him. They're charging, they're in a hurry. They're just charging right past the order area. This must be Dylan. With his extra hot, flat white, soy, something or other. And he's and then and then here's the, the disgusting thing. It used to be that nobody nobody touches your food or looks at anything. Now Starbucks is serving cups that are open on top. They have no cover, and people are just like leaning over them, hovering, like kind of like touching the outside of your of like you know the 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 breakfast sandwich bags, like looking like oh does it say Dylan on it? Does it say Becky? Does it say Mackenzie? You know oh oh Mackenzie, this is your sandwich. This is your turkey bacon or reduced fat sandwich. Oh do you see? the sous vide oh and then there's and there's people like they're looking and then here's my favorite the mobile order people this is the worst this didn't happen today but if it did um um hi um i'm looking for um a drink for mckenzie yeah i mobile ordered it uh-huh yeah yeah it's a soy non-fat um two pump vanilla latte uh-huh and then the, the, the barista has to interact with you. Oh, it's not here. He looks for a second. He calls something out. He goes to the little screen and says, it hasn't been made yet. We're making it right now. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I, I, hi, I'm Mackenzie. And not only could I be, I couldn't be bothered to order my drink at a Starbucks, which is like really fast, but I mobile ordered it like a second ago from my car. And when I walked in, I'm wondering why the eight people who are standing around me, um, could be like I'm oblivious to the eight people who are waiting for drinks. I just charge right up to the front of the line and go, um, I don't see anything from McKenzie here, and I mobile ordered. As though mobile ordering is some sort of an instant VIP access to Starbucks. Listen, McKenzie, I have access to the Apple App Store too. Did you ever consider that in some sort of crazy um, uh, scheme to make a profit, Apple made more than one iPhone? And that uh, the cellular networks who have blanketed in this country with, uh, with 4G LTE, that maybe not just they are delivering a, a data plan to your phone so that you can get your Starbucks instantly, but I might have it too. No, the eight people around you must be some sort of a lesser life form, some sort of savages who haven't figured out the wonders of the internet. They haven't, they don't have a, a smartphone or a smart device and, uh, and they couldn't key in their, their drink order. So how could it be? I, I just ordered my drink 10 seconds ago. Why isn't it ready at the mobile order screen? Oh, and then when it's not ready, I'm not going to assume that it's not yet ready because there's eight people standing there and the counter is littered with mobile orders that haven't been picked up, which may signal a normal person to say, oh, Starbucks is busy right now. No, no, no. Mackenzie just goes, um, excuse me. Um, yes, I don't see a drink from Mackenzie. The underlining subtext being, and that's a problem. Excuse me, um, you must have done something wrong. There's no drink from Mackenzie here. 
Well, listen, Mackenzie. Um, you're not the only person on this planet. In fact, there are seven billion of us. And, you know, you, you, you maybe even though you just did mobile order, you might still have to wait a moment. Other people may have mobile ordered. Not just you are ruining the experience for HW. No, not just you. The problem is a great many people are doing it. Maybe I'm being too dramatic here. Um, but I'm being less dramatic than Mackenzie. Uh, because, McKen- listen, Mackenzie, let me tell you something. If you're listening, Mackenzie. And I don't, you're not, I don't know who Mackenzie is. I don't know if this, I don't know who Mackenzie is. This is the fictitious person who I'm picturing. I know a couple of Mackenzies. Uh, this is the fictitious person who just can't understand why their drink's not done because they just mobile ordered it and their friend is driving and they ran out and they just like are blocking cars and like, oh, it's fine. You don't need to park your car because I just mobile ordered so I'll get it real quick. And so everyone else didn't also mobile order. Listen, Mackenzie, there's a value to parking your car and getting out and being known by a barista. Do you know what the value is? The value is that there is no there is no replacement. There is no anecdote. There is no substitute for human interaction. It is good for your soul to see people and be pleasant to them every day. It is bad for your soul to punch something into a phone and walk in, and when it is not the way you want it, your only interaction with human beings is to question why things are not good. That is why people are rude. That is why people are entitled. Because when 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 all of our interactions are reduced to just a screen, we lose the ability to look at people, say hello, do these things. And I will tell you, I am quite I am quite uh, equipped uh, for digital environments. I understand them. I know how they work. I'm very good in them. I'm very good in them. But I also understand what happens when you sit down in front of someone because person after person after person always tells me at the end of our first conversations, no matter who it is, wow, I really enjoyed talking with you. It's because I have, it's because I use upward inflections for questions. It's because I say kind things about people. It's because I am pleasant. It's because I present myself in a positive way so that I give you something to hold on to and something to relate with me on. It's because I ask people about them themselves. It's because I smile and make eye contact because I understand that human interaction is such a simple thing. It is about giving the other person something to see of themselves in you so that they may relate with you, so that from that relating, there would be some sort of a relationship. Because in the relating, in the relation of you to themselves, they form some sort of bond. They make some sort of general feeling about you. Oh, this person said things that I agree with and that were insightful. They're smart. This person said things that were affirming to me. They're encouraging. This person greeted me with a smile and was enthusiastic to see me. 
they are uplifting. This person phrased something in a way that was positive. They're happy. (laughs) And Mackenzie doesn't get any of that. And poor Mackenzie, she doesn't know what she's doing to herself. Because the thing is, here's the real sad portion of this, is that Mackenzie doesn't realize that in ordering her drink outside and then walking in and it's not ready and then giving this sort of complaint, it's a complaint. Mackenzie's giving a polite complaint in my example, but it is a complaint. But in not interacting... And then in doing such a thing, Mackenzie has so removed herself from those relational activities that she doesn't feel part of the community anymore. And, because, and as that is prolonged over time, now Mackenzie feels lonely. She do, why, where is the affirmation? I feel empty. So Mackenzie takes to Instagram and posing in pictures and, and doing these sort of thirst traps. If you don't know what a thirst trap is, a thirst trap is when like a guy sees a girl and he's like, damn, ma, you so fine. I want to get with you. How do I? Be, be? And he's going so over the top. He's trying so hard. You might say that guy's thirsty. That's what that means, to be thirsty. If someone says he's thirsty, or damn, you thirsty, or don't be so thirsty. That's what that means. See, but Mackenzie doesn't have any human interaction. She doesn't have positive interaction with people telling her. Even the positive interaction of a barista saying, that's a cup of love, brother. Or the positive interaction of a barista saying, Mackenzie, have a great day. Or... Or uh, flat white for Mackenzie. There you go. Enjoy. Thank you so much for coming in. Oh, you're welcome. That can brighten a whole morning. It can brighten a whole morning. That interaction right there, oh, you're welcome, can cause you to then encounter someone and cause you to hold open a door when you might otherwise not have. And say hello to that person. And then it's a chain reaction of kindness. But Mackenzie doesn't realize that by ordering her stupid coffee in the car and then complaining when she gets inside, she now feels she doesn't have those affirming thoughts. So she is doomed to set up some thirst trap on Instagram where a bunch of thirsty dudes are just giving her likes because she posted a picture of herself and her butt looks good. And her friends are putting heart and kissy lips going hot mama. And she's like, this feels good. And so, and so the part of Mackenzie that wants positive affirmation is no longer getting in, in Mackenzie. Yeah. You want a flat white, right? It's not in the, in the person who remembers them every day, who knows them, who would notice when they're not there in the morning because they're there every morning. It's now in a thirst trap on Instagram. And then, and then from there, that's fine. She feels good, but it becomes this drug that she gets by checking likes, checking interaction. How many comments did I get? And this is what's going on with millennials right now, because so I'm 32, so I use Instagram in a way that I post something and I believe posts live forever. That's not true. Younger millennials, uh, uh, teenagers right now will tell you, if you go to a lot of, you see, the accounts are private, and so if you're not in these circles, you're not going to know. Uh, but if you, But if you go especially to underage boys and girls right now in their teens, if you are friends with any of them, look at their Instagram. Notice how many of them only have about 16 posts. 
you'll see they're very active on Instagram, but they only have about 16 posts. Why is that? They go back and they delete their posts. Why is that? They believe that if a post doesn't get enough likes, doesn't get enough interaction, doesn't get enough comments, it didn't make the cut to be to leave up there forever. And they want when people see their page, they want them to see the best 16, 24, 30 things. Not all 300 uncensored. They don't want you to see how they've evolved over time because two years ago they were 12 and that was an eternity. And oh my gosh, I can't let anyone see me with braces. No, no, no. In a world where the average teenager right now, the average teenage girl is spending 45 minutes a day preparing herself or her environment to take a photo intended for social media. Listen to what I just said. Not 45 minutes taking photos, not 45 minutes on the platform, 45 minutes of preparing themselves or their environment to create a photo that will be used in the separate amount of time, which is actually using the platform. It's 45 minutes of prep time to get yourself looking good for a picture. Mackenzie doesn't realize that, that even though that feels good, it's still going to leave her devoid of real interaction. So then she's going to take to an app that is purely designed to get strangers together. And these apps are apparently they're creating some sort of a, they're filling some sort of a need. It's a false need. There's not a need for people to, to get to, to meet each other. There's not a need. There's not because there's not a, a void of people. There's people everywhere. I'm looking out on a street. I could literally see 100 people right now. Because I'm looking at an intersection. There's people on all four sides. See people coming in and out of a Starbucks. Toby Mac owns a store called Citizen that's down here. It's got a bunch of shoes. He's going in and out. I see a UPS drive. There's, there's literally people everywhere. I could go meet people. If I was a single guy, I could go to my Starbucks every morning. I could see the same girl for uh, uh, 10 mornings in a row, 21 mornings in a row. And at the end, I could, I could begin to speak to her by her first name. In that time, I would be speaking to her by her first name. I'd ask her how her day was. I would cordially, I would cordially build a relationship with even my barista to the point that if I had um, a, a sort of amorous intentions with her, I would be talking to her and she would, and I would be able to communicate to her before I asked her for any sort of, of her time to join me at lunch. I could communicate to her that I am happy, positive, pleasant, motivated, an early riser. I have a job, all of these things. That happens in the, in the interaction with a barista. Should I be a single person and want to pursue a barista in that way? I'm not, but should I? But no, instead, we, we order our Starbucks from our car. We walk in. We wonder why it's not ready. Our only interaction with people becomes, why is this not correct? Why are you dumb is really what we're trying to say. Ugh, it's, it's wrong unless I do it correct. Unless I do it, it's wrong unless I do it. And then from there, it goes, it, we, we have to then take to uh, thirst traps and, and these sort of fake gimme likes and make me feel good temporarily, but even that leaves us devoid of real human interaction. And so then we need, we need apps to put us together. And then, and then really that's just like, hey, why don't you cross this minefield to get where you're going, right? I mean, it's just like, you're never going to make it. And then bada bing, bada boom, we wonder why. We wonder why people are less than socially uh, uh, adept to, uh, socially enabled to deal with each other and, and, and happy. Are we happy? I don't know. 
But I'll tell you what I'm not happy about. I'm not happy about 30-something people getting their coffee in front of me when I'm just trying to say hello to my barista and then to these people. You know what I'm saying? All right. This is why they this is why they've ruined coffee. This is how they ruined Starbucks. And I think we got to something deeper today. I think we really touched on the problems of the world. And I think if uh, uh, if the CEO of Starbucks is listening, I'd like to say something. I think we have logically drawn the conclusion that you are responsible for all problems in the world now and forevermore because you have done this terrible, atrocious thing by allowing mobile ordering. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But here's my challenge for everybody out there. Don't trivialize even the trivial interactions with people. They, they can be so profound. Don't trick the smallest interactions can have a huge cumulative effect on, on people because not because they are so significant. They can be significant. Interactions can become can go from completely insignificant to, to hugely, profoundly significant in a moment. We all have memories of people saying one-line sentences to us in seemingly trivial interactions that then stick with us forever. But the other that that is a reason in itself why even small trivial interactions with strangers or acquaintances should not be trivialized. But on top of that, it is the sheer volume of these interactions. The sheer volume of interactions we have with people coming and going, passing them on a, I, I'm, I'm recently running into this, this problem I shared about on Facebook. Some of you who know me on Facebook will know I shared this, this problem I'm having where I'm walking and running in the mornings. And the problem is that a, a lot of times I'm on these trails near my house and I, there are these very secluded spots and I'm sometimes passing single women and I'm noticing some uncomfort or some uh, caution on their part. I notice, I notice that they are eyeballing me from 40 and 50 feet away, sometimes 50 yards away. They'll be looking at me because we're in a secluded area and I'm a single man and I'm going by them. And what's happening is I'm caught in this little thing where I'm going, I don't want to look at them too early because if I look at them too early, it looks like I'm eyeballing them or planning something, but it feels um, unnatural to like keep my eyes on the floor uh, to just like keep my eyes on the floor and like ignore them, right? At some point in normal human interaction, when you're in, when you're the only two people there, you would look up at each other, you would see each other. You know, it, you wouldn't stare at the floor. It looks like you're intentionally staring at the floor, like you're avoiding eye contact. That also looks suspicious. So I've been trying to, so I've been waving, just saying hi or hello. You know, kind of when they're like 20 feet away, just to sort of disarm them. When I get within a distance that they think I could be some sort of a threat, I just sort of say, hi there, or, you know, smile, hello, morning. Okay, but those interactions are significant for someone. Like, think about it. If, if, if you have three interactions on a morning jog and you're a woman and you feel you're cautious because a person looks suspicious, 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 that's three early things in your day that psychologically has to affect you and it can affect your day and so hopefully if someone can disarm that in the best way they can that can have effects on how the world operates how the world runs it may seem trivial it may seem trivial but it's the difference between it's the, this is what it is it's the difference between the the two mckenzies and the two Mackenzies in the world are this. One Mackenzie orders on mobile because she's busy, she runs in. I don't have any problems with it. 
I, I'm acting like I do, but I don't have a problem with someone ordering. I mean, I'm having a problem with the collective thing that it's creating in, in, in volume with my personal Starbucks across the street. Whatever, though. Who cares? I'm not that important. I'm only HW. But my problem is it's the two Mackenzies. One fictitiously orders from outside in her car. She comes in and she sees that there's no nothing for Mackenzie on there. And she is completely oblivious because she's not living in the real world. She's completely oblivious to the eight people waiting for drinks or the plethora of goods in front of her that she is searching through, which is the reason she can't find her name. And she doesn't have enough consideration to realize the Starbucks must be busy. So she asks, excuse me, I don't see my drink here. And the other Mackenzie, the other Mackenzie who orders from her car because she's busy and comes in and she, and she looks, she sees the eight people waiting. She thinks, oh, it's busy. She looks, she doesn't see her order and she takes a step back and waits because she realizes She's only one of the seven billion people on this planet. She's only one of the eight people waiting. She's only one of those mobile orders. You see what I'm saying? I've been HW. You have been listening to the Tone Junkie podcast. Did I say some things that were profound? Possibly. I don't remember. I'm quite hungry. It's lunchtime. And I'm not sure that I had a very productive morning because instead of doing the things that I needed to do today, I went and got a coffee. I sat there. I did half of them. I contemplated why this is happening in the world. And then I decided to talk into my phone for an hour about it and distribute it to you kind people who listen to the Tone Junkie podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to episode 23. I'm blown away by the amount of people listening to this podcast. It... I believe people are discovering the podcast apart from the Kemper profiles and stuff, which is really interesting, really interesting. Really interesting. I've been HW. Thank you so much for listening. This has been episode 23. Good luck. God bless. And please tip your barista.